I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay, so today is the history of the kicker mechanic. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, talk about where it came from, and then talk about all its uses over time. Okay, so kicker, interestingly, has an origin that predates the game coming out. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so for those that don't know their history of magic, um, when Richard Garfield first invented magic, he actually had a whole bunch of playtesters um, uh, in Pennsylvania. And so what happened was, when it became clear that the game was going to get made, he actually went to his playtesters and he said to them that he was interested in having them make some sets. Uh, so the, the playtesters ended up making, there's three different sets that got, were made by the playtesters. Uh, the first was made by what we call the East Coast playtesters. Uh, Scaff Elias, Jim Lynn, Dave Petty, Chris Page. Um, these are people that Richard all met at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, and the set they worked on was Ice Age. Um, this group would go, not only would they make Ice Age, they would later make alliances, they made fallen empires, they made antiquities. Um, but the first set they worked on was Ice Age. And the nickname for it was Ice Age. <clears throat> the second group was a group that Richard had met through his bridge club. Um, so that was uh, Bill Rose, Charlie Catino, Joel Mick, Howard Collenberg, uh, uh, Don Felice, um, Elliot Siegel. Uh, and that group would go on to make a set called um, Menagerie, which you guys would probably know as Mirage, although Mirage and Visions. Um, and then there's a third. Uh, so Barry Reich, who was um, the first person to ever play Magic, a, a friend of Richard's, when Richard... <coughs> Played for the very first time, Barry's who he played. Um, and Barry ended up making his own set as a solo thing called Spectral Chaos. <clears throat> Spectral Chaos, um, it was themed about multicolor, and we would later go on to use pieces of it to make Invasion. The domain mechanic, which some of you might know was originally in uh, playtesting called the, the Barry mechanic, was made. That was, from, that, that was probably the biggest piece we took from Spectral Chaos. Okay, so it turns out that Kicker was first played around with in the set before the game even came out. So which set was it? Was it Ice Age? Was it Mirage? Was it Spectral Chaos? Okay, well, the most logical guess is Spectral Chaos. Because as I just said, Spectral Chaos, we borrowed stuff from to make Invasion. And Invasion was the first set to have Kicker. So was it Spectral Chaos? No, it was not. <clears throat> okay, let me give you another piece of information here. The person who created the mechanic kicker is Bill Rose, now current VP of R&D. Okay, so that means it must have been Mirage, because Bill was the co-lead of Mirage. Nope, it wasn't. Uh, kicker first showed up in an early version in Ice Age. Um, Bill had been talking with the Ice Age crowd, and Bill is uh, what we call a Timmy Spike, <clears throat> which is... Bill wants to win. He's very spiky in that regard. But he likes, he likes winning with bigger, splashier things. And so he was always trying to figure out how to get bigger creatures in a deck that could still win. Um, and so Kicker came about with him trying to figure out how could I make creatures that are bigger, splashier creatures that I can put in my deck and not feel bad about putting in my deck. And he came up with the idea of, well, what, do you, what if you had creatures that if you draw them early are small creatures, but you draw them late in the game, they're bigger creatures? Uh, and so the earliest idea of Kicker was just kind of a way to get Timmy-ish things in a Spike-ish deck. 
So a Timmy Spike mentality made kicker. Um, I believe the first kicker stuff Bill messed around with was Creatures. Uh, and then he started, well, once, he, once he did that, he realized that um, there was a lot of uh, other design space in it. Um, and so he uh, realized that you can make spells and lots of things. And the more he sort of investigated Kicker, the, the wider and more space he realized there was in it. Um, okay, so what happened? Well, Ice Age went through a lot of changes because there, they started making Ice Age before the game came out. So they were starting to work on it in, I don't know, 92, let's say. Um, Ice Age itself didn't come out until 94. So it went through a bunch of iterations. Um, the, no, Richard's original vision of magic, the idea was that Magic the Gathering was just the first incarnation. And the idea was, as new sets would come out, um, the idea would be like, it'd be Magic the magic Ice Age. And it would be... <clears throat> he envisioned originally less as expansions and as the game would kind of just reinventing itself and that all the basics would be in each version of the game just each one, you know, each incarnation would be a little bit different. So that Magic Ice Age would have a lot of the basic spells that you expected to see in, in, in the base set, but it would have a slightly different flavor to it. And so the idea was the game would sort of, the basic incarnation of the game would change. Once Magic became real popular, they started getting the idea of maybe more of their expansions you add to it. Uh, like I said, early on, they, they thought the back was going to change for each set because it was going to be a brand new game where, you know, the mechanics interconnected. Um, Anyway, they got talked out of that. Magic sort of the gathering state as the base thing. Um, but anyway, Ice Age went through a bunch of changes. Once they realized that they were going to be sort of a standalone, um, they, it, anyway, it shifted a bit. The kicker, which, which was a cool idea, ended up <coughs> not making it into Ice Age. Um, I will note there's a card in Alliances called Taste of Paradise that uh, allows you to spend extra mana to get extra effect. Um, interestingly, it's a little more multi-kicker than kicker because you can spend it multiple times, but we'll get to there. It all, as we talked about today, this, this will all come out. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> it's time to talk about when, hold on a second, I gotta drink some water. I'm still fighting this cold. Okay, that's really what this podcast is, is a chance to watch the evolution of Mark's cold. <clears throat> okay, so, let's get to Invasion. Um, so what had happened was, uh, we had made Urza Saga block, which was, um, to use a old R&D phrase, Barokin. Uh, and we got c- called into the CEO's office and shoot out and told if the next, the next block was like this, we would all lose our jobs. So the next job, next block, we were highly encouraged not to have it broken. So we made Mercadian masks, which was clearly, clearly clearly not broken. Although it had a few cards that were a little overpowered. But still, the set as a whole was powered down some. Um, so between Urza Block, the brokenness of Urza Block, which drew some play- drove some players away, and the lower power level of Mercadian Mass Block, which drove some players away, um, we really knew we needed something extra splashy. Bill wanted to do something that really would get a lot of players back that had left over the last couple years. So his plan was twofold. One was he was going to take the theme that he had evidence was the most popular theme, which was multicolor, and then put together the strongest design team he could put together, which at the time was me and Mike, Mike Elliott and, um, and Bill. Richard, while still working at Wizards, was off making other games, so Mike, I, and Bill were the three strongest designers that were currently working on Magic. 
<clears throat> in fact, because we so wanted to focus on it, um, we in fact went away for the first week. So my father, for those who don't know, um, for many years has lived in Lake Tahoe in California. Um, it's, uh, Lake Tahoe is on the border of California and Nevada. My dad lives on the California side. But um, anyway, my dad retired early, ended up going and becoming a ski instructor um, and spent many, many years teaching skiing. Um, my dad loves to ski. So anyway, <clears throat> we, R&D in the early days would occasionally go up to my dad's house. Sometimes we'd go skiing. Um, uh, usually, I, the first few times we went, it was more vacation. But this time was going to be a working vacation. Um, we wanted to get away and really focus and sort of figure out the basic building blocks of what invasion was going to be. Um, we didn't know a lot, really, other than it was going to be multicolor. That's kind of what we knew. And we had um, looked through spectral chaos. Um, so we go up to my dad's cabin, or not cabin, it's the house. Go to my dad's house. Um, and we, so we had figured out a couple things. Multicolor. Um, we had figured out that uh, we were going to use the domain mechanic, although uh, we didn't name it at the time, but we called it the buried mechanic, but the domain mechanic was spectral chaos. Um, and one of the things that Bill was interested in is Bill had a mechanic that he was interested in, and he um, pitched it to us and said this is something that he had made long ago, but he thought would make a lot of sense here, and he showed his kicker for the first time. And um, also, by the way, that week would be split cards. I would pitch split cards. That was a little more controversial. <clears throat> Bill liked it. Mike didn't. Um, but that was more of an argument about whether they should go on the set. Split cards, this is my reenactment. Bill goes, here's split cards. And Mike and I go, looks good, put it in. So there's no resistance to kicker. Um, the funny thing, by the way, is for those of you that know me and my stance on kicker, um, well, I, I, I think kicker is an awesome mechanic. Um, it does have one flaw, which I will bring up right now, which is... It is so such a wide mechanic that it causes the problem of making other mechanics not feel unique and feeling like they are just kicker. Um, that whenever we do an, uh, something in which there's additional cost to it, not that those always are kicker, but people feel like they're kicker. And so one of the downsides of kicker was it definitely made it harder for us to do other things that felt different because kicker is kind of so broad. Um, so one of the things I've talked about is if I can undo a mechanic being never have made it, um, Kicker's one of the ones I would consider just because it sort of makes it harder to make other mechanics. Um, once we made it, it's made. I mean, the, the, like, I can't put the genie back in the bottle. Once the players have the concept of, of Kicker, that's not, that cost isn't undoable. So, you know, um, I mean, I'll talk about using Kicker again. But anyway, uh, for those who might know my... I like Kicker. Kicker does a lot of good stuff. It is a really strong mechanic, and there's a lot of fun things you can do with it. But it, it, it does have its dangers. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Okay, anyway, so we, the reason that Bill um, was excited by Kicker was that he definitely wanted the set to have a lot of Timmy appeal, and he felt that Kicker allowed us to make things that really, you know, would, would let you um, put stuff in your deck and have big moments. Um, interestingly, by the way, one of the things we learned about Kicker... Um, oh, oh, let me tell you a story. This story... A lot of you heard of the story. It's a classic story. Um, but I don't feel like I can, I can do a podcast on Kicker without telling the most famous Kicker story. Dun-dun-dun! <clears throat> okay, so this actually was during Invasion. Um, so at the time, while I was doing more design uh, than development, uh, Magic R&D wasn't that big. Uh, not like now. Um, and so everybody 
chipped in to the FFL. FFL is the future future league. That's when we play standard ahead of time so that we can sort of figure out how an environment's going to work. Um, and so what happened was um, I was not particularly, I mean, like, well, I'm a fun Johnny deck builder. I build weird, wacky decks. I wasn't really good at building efficient decks. I, I tended to build quirky decks. So the, the, the deal I struck was Randy Bueller would build my decks for me and then I would play them. And so this way Randy could build a bunch of decks and I could, I could try some of them. So Randy gave me this, I think it was a red-green deck. <clears throat> uh, mostly it was just creatures and spells. It, it was pretty uh, uh, mid-range, you know, play things up the curve and attack. Um, and so that week I went 4-0. Now remember, remember, a lot of R&D came from the Pro Tour. A lot of them sort of, you know, kind of how they got into R&D was they had a lot of chops as a strong Magic player. That was not me. Um, and not that I'm a bad Magic player. I've been playing Magic forever. But, I'm, I mean, I'm in, in, the, in R&D, I'm on the bottom end of the spectrum. So when I go 4-0, people sit up. They go, ooh, Mark went 4-0. That deck must be good. Um, so, anyway, Randy was watching me play the final match because I'd gone 3-0 already. And Randy was curious because I was winning, so he, he wanted to see me play. And at the end of it, I won the game, and then he asked me, he goes, late in that last game, um, you played the grizzly bear for two mana, but you had five mana. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a grizzly bear. I can only play it for two mana. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Those aren't grizzly bears. Those are Kavu Titans. Um, I couldn't find any Kavu Titans so I just put Grizzly Bears in. I, sorry, I was supposed to tell you those were Kavu Titans. So Kavu Titan costs one G. It's a 2-2, two, two, like a Grizzly Bear. And for um, three green-green, so one and a green is a 2-2. Two, two. For three green-green, it's a 5-5 five, five Trampler. You uh, put three plus one plus one counters on it and it gains Trample. Um, so what had happened was, because I thought it was a Grizzly Bear, I'd always played it as a Grizzly Bear. Um, so Randy informed me it's not a Grizzly Bear, it's a Kavu Titan. So the next week, I go two and two. Um, and I'm like, what's going on? When, it, when, when the card was worse, I did better. And when the card was better, I did worse. What's going on? And that's when I realized my problem was, once I knew it was a 5-5 five, five Trampler, I stopped casting it as a 2-2 two, two creature and started only casting it as a 5-5 five, five creature, or you know, most of the time casting it as a 5-5. Five, five. And so what I said is, okay, for the third week, I said, okay, here's my new roll. If I can cast it as a 5-5, five, five, I will. <clears throat> but if I can't, I will cast it as soon as I can. <clears throat> Sorry. And if it's a 2-2, two, two, it's a 2-2. Two, two. Like, cast it as soon as I can cast it. Don't cast it as a 5-5 five, five unless I have 5 mana. And then I went 4-0 the third week. Um, so it taught me an interesting lesson about, about Kicker, which is uh, less experienced players, like myself um, at the time, uh, tend to optimize the cards. And one of the things about Kicker is some players won't play the cheaper version, just playing the bigger version. Now, that's, once again, there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that it's okay if people, as long as people are having fun, like on some level, it's just like they put a 3GG 5-5 trample in their deck. Um, hopefully, with time, they'll realize that the card's more versatile than that. Um, but something to keep in mind that people will, with Kicker a lot of times, try to optimize. Um, that doesn't mean we don't make cards that have choices, just that sometimes people will optimize and try to get the better of the choices. Okay, so anyway, Bill comes up with this idea, um, and then uh, one of the reasons I think Bill liked it, by the way, in this set was because it was a multicolor set, it also meant that we could kick in additional colors. So, for example, you could have a green card that kicks for red. 
Um, so Invasion, by the way, ended up having an ally flavor. It originally didn't, but um, uh, Henry Stern and I both independently came up with the idea of holding off on the enemy color stuff and making the final send the block, which ended up being Apocalypse, just the enemy color stuff. So um, not, it, it just meant that all the off-color stuff was ally. Okay, so, um, so we did that. We also came up with a, a rule to try to figure out when we were using generic mana versus colored mana. So there ended up being three kinds of spells. There were cards that used generic mana, there were cards that used colored mana but their own colored mana, and cards that used colored mana but of their ally. Um, the rule was, if you're playing generic mana, you're only making the effect bigger. If you're putting plus one, plus one counters on creatures, you're putting more plus one, plus one counters on creatures. Um, or, or, sorry, if you're making a creature, you're putting plus one, plus counters on it, you're making it bigger. If you're making a spell, instead of doing two damage, you do four damage. That, if you're playing generic mana, all you're doing is upping the scale of the effect. Now, if you're playing colored mana, you get an additional ability. Uh, if it's a creature, maybe it gets a keyword ability. If it's a spell, maybe it is doing an additional effect. Um, but the way it worked was, if you spent colored mana, you the spell didn't just get bigger, It also you also got some secondary ability. It might be another effect, it might be something that adapts the spell, but you're doing something beyond just making the scope of the spell bigger. Um, so in Invasion, um, what else did we do? We also we had a cycle of um, cards that you could kick uh, there were sorceries that you could kick them to cast them as instants. Um, Route was probably the most famous of those. Um, we also had Skizix, which was um, kind of a ball lightning variant, where it was a creature with trample and haste, um, a high power, low toughness creature with trample and haste, that got sacrificed at the end of turn. But if you kicked it, instead of gaining an ability, it lost an ability. It didn't go away. Um, so... We definitely messed around a little bit. I mean, we realized there were a lot of different things we could do, so we tried to rein it in a little bit. Everything Invasion made use of mana. All the kicking was mana. So then we get to Plane Shift. In Plane Shift, we start messing around with other costs. So maybe you could sacrifice something, or, you know, that, that we figured out what are costs other than mana that you could do to, to do the spells. Um, and so we definitely messed around with things in which, oh, well, you can, there's other resources you can take advantage of in order to, to, to kick the spell. Um, the other thing that we did <coughs> was um, we uh, both, Mike, Elliot, and I had come up with an interesting way to make use of the kicker um, that was a three-color thing. Um, so what we had done was um, we decided to push that back to the, to the second and third set. And since they were similar, we put one in the second set and one in the third set. I don't remember how we... Maybe Bill just decided... So the second set, so uh, Plane Shift ha um, had um, uh, what was called Battle Mages. So the way Battle Mages worked is there was two, <coughs> you had two different kicker costs, one in each of your allied colors. So let's say you were a white card, you had a blue kicker cost and a green kicker cost. Um, one of them was cheaper, and we went around the circle, so it was always like the one to your clockwise, to, you know, clockwise was the one that was cheaper. Uh, and then, so one of them was slightly cheaper and had a smaller effect, and one of them was more expensive and had a bigger effect. All of these were effects when they entered the battlefield that did the effect. So the idea essentially was, I had a creature, I could, and usually it, um, usually it was a creature that might have had a keyword on it, and so I could, I could do no kicking, just get the creature, I could kick the small, the small kicker and get a small effect, I could kick the big kicker and get the big effect, or I could kick the small kicker and the big kicker and get both effects. 
and the two effects were synergistic, so kicking both of them had some, had some value. Um, and that was done as a cycle, and like I said, um, the small was like clockwise around, and then the big was counterclockwise. I forget which direction, but they all, they, they all matched up so that every kicker, green was small on one and green was big on another and such. Um, then in Apocalypse, I created the Volvers. So what the Volvers were was it had two kicker costs. Um, because it was in Apocalypse, they were the enemy colors. Um, one was a smaller kicker cost and one was a larger kicker cost. You can see there's a lot of similarities here. Um, the smaller kicker cost put a plus one plus one counter on you and granted you an ability. The bigger kicker cost put two plus one plus one counters on you and granted you a bigger ability. So much like the Battle Mages, you had the same sort of thing. I could play the creature without kicking any mana and it'd be the plain version. I could kick it once and get a plus one plus one counter and ability. I could kick it twice. I'm sorry, I could kick the larger thing and get two plus, two plus one plus one counters and the bigger ability. Or I could kick it on both and then I get, I'd be plus three plus three and both abilities. Um, and the idea that was kind of cool about this that I was real proud of is because you put different number of counters on it, if I looked at the creature, I would know what abilities it had based on the counters. No counters, no abilities. One counter, the first ability. Two counters, the second ability. Three counters, both abilities. Um, but because they were so similar, we, we broke them up. Um, the other thing that we did in Apocalypse was we got to do off-color. Um, uh, we had only What we had done is we would saved all the off-color stuff for Apocalypse. So Apocalypse got to mess around with um, things that had uh, kickers in, in the enemy colors. So anyway, we introduced it. That was Invasion Block. That's the first time we did Kicker. Um, like I said, we were pretty straightforward. I mean, we did introduce some non-Kicker costs. We had sorcerers that became instants. I mean, not technically. You cast them like they were instants. Um, and we messed around with stuff like the Battle Mages and the Volvers, where there was layers of things you could kick and had different combinations of things. Okay, now we flash forward. So <clears throat> after Invasion... Um, I think it's a, it's not till Time Spiral, so a bunch of years. Uh, after Invasion is uh, Odyssey, then Onslaught, then Mirrodin, then Champions of Kamigawa, then Ravnica, and finally Time Spiral. So Time Spiral itself actually didn't have any new kicker cards. All the kicker cards in Time Spiral were on the bonus sheet. Um, so there was uh, a couple. Um, and so the, the bonus sheet, for those who don't know Time Spiral... Time Spiral was a nod to the past. It had a time theme and had a nostalgia theme. It also plays, took place in Dominaria, but kind of like post-apocalyptic Dominaria. Um, and um, there was 121 cards on their own sheet, what we call the Time Shifter sheet, that, and the time were the old... As a Mirrodin, we, we upgraded to a new frame, so they were the pre-Mirrodin frame, and they represented cards from the past. And the way it worked is, every booster pack had a slot that got you a card from the past. Um, and we thought that was pretty... That was pretty cool. Okay, so um, so the Time Spiral itself did not have any new kicker cards, but Planar Chaos did. <coughs> so Planar Chaos was a what-if set where we were messing around with an alternative present. There was a past, present, future theme to the block, and the present, to make it interesting, since we wanted to make it a little different, was an alternate present, an alternate reality present, where the colors worked a little bit differently. Um, so... We brought back a lot of mechanics, a lot of mechanics in Time Spiral. And so, while Kicker had not been on new cards, it was on new cards in Planar Chaos. Interestingly, we segregated um, mechanics to colors, so Kicker only appeared on green cards in Planar Chaos. Um, trying to sort of um, play around and, and just 
give identity to the colors in Planar Chaos. Um, Kicker was in green. And so, like, we had a Volver that was an enemy Volver rather than an ally Volver. And, you know, we, we just played around with some what-if stuff. Um, we had a card that kicked to, to draw you cards because green in this world was the card drawing color and, you know, stuff like that. Um, then in Future Sight, <clears throat> all the kicking in Future Sight was what we call mix and match, which was we did this thing where we took uh, mechanics that were from the past and put them with other mechanics that were synergistic. I think there were three mix and match kickers. We matched kicker with Convoke, we matched kicker with Split Second, and we matched kicker with Vanishing. Um, kicker and Convoke turns out to be really strong, by the way. Um, so in general, one of our rules, by the way, about kicker in all of Time Sparrow Block was, and this was not just kicker, it was all the mechanics. <coughs> because we were bringing back so many mechanics, I didn't really want to innovate on the mechanics. I wanted them to sort of come back as they were. So we didn't really do much innovation with Kicker in, in Time Spiral Block. We most brought it back. And we played within our themes. We did what if with it. We did the mix and match. But we, we didn't sort of really mess with innovation of the mechanic. Okay. Now we flash forward again. <clears throat> this time to Zendikar. Wait. Another quick water break here. Ah. Okay. So what happened in Zendikar was Zendikar was the land set, Lands of Belusa. Um, and one of the things we realized as we started sort of making mechanics that cared about land, landfall being the biggest one, is it really encouraged you to not miss your land drops. Well, how do you not miss your land drops? Well, maybe you play a little extra land, or you search out land, or you do things to get land in play. Um, and what that meant was, in general, people ended up having more mana. So one of the things we knew we wanted was we wanted something that lets you use your extra mana. Um, now, we really had not used Kicker all that much. Obviously, we brought it back in Time Spiral, but we brought everything back in Time Spiral. Um, but we said, okay, you know what? We haven't used Kicker in a while. Let's bring Kicker back. Um, and there's something else I was really interested in trying. Um, because we had a lot of mana, um, remember back to the Alliance's Taste of Paradise? Um, I always had liked how that spell had let you pay costs multiple times. Um, and so kind of inspired by that, um, I had pitched the idea of multi-kicker. What if there were spells that you could kick, but you could kick it as many times as you wanted? So instead of kicking it once and getting some number of plus one plus one counters, what if it was a smaller kicker cost, but each time you got a plus one plus one counter? And you could kick it as many times as you wanted. So it turned all the spells kind of into adjustable spells that really could be as big as you needed them to be. Um... So it turned out when we were doing, um, there's enough other things going on in Zendikar that we ended up not putting uh, multi-kicker in Zendikar itself. By the way, the playtest name for multi-kicker was multi-kicker. That name never changed. Um, and we ended up pushing it back to Worldwake. So multi-kicker ended up in Worldwake. Um, so the, it, it turned out that uh, uh, Zendikar didn't really do too much innovation with kicker. Um, because the big innovation we had planned to do was multi-kicker, and that, um, like, I think multi-kicker might have even been turned... No, actually, I think we pulled it right before design ended. I think we knew... I think we decided that we were going to give it to World Wake before design handed over to development. But, um, it happened late in the process, and so, uh, kicker, kicker in, in, kicker in, uh, Zendikar it was pretty straightforward. Um, <clears throat> I think we focused... I have to remember this. I think we focused it in red and green, like we, we decided that kicker, um, all the colors had access, some access to it, but we wanted a kicker deck to be more of a certain strategy, so I think it was red and green was the strategy, 
not 100% on that, but uh, I, I do my research for that one. I forgot I forgot to check about that. But anyway, um, so World Wake then did multi-kicker. Uh, Rise of the Eldrazi, which was the, the last set, sorry, the last, um, yeah, the last set in that block was completely different mechanics. Uh, the Eldrazi escaped and all crazy stuff was happening, but it didn't use the mechanics from um, Zendikar and World Wake. So there was no kicker in the last set. Um, so we had kicker in uh, Invasion and Plane Shift and Apocalypse, kicker in Time Spiral on the bonus sheet, in um, Planar Chaos and a Future Sight, and then we had kicker in um, Zendikar and um, World Wake. So that's eight, eight sets so far with kicker. But wait, there's one more. Um, so the final set, <coughs> sorry, the final set to kicker is Dominaria. So the way this came about was um, one of the things I said when we first um, were putting it together was we, we knew there was going to be a nostalgia theme in, in um, Dominaria. We were going back to Magic's home. It's the 25th anniversary. Like, we, we knew the world we were getting into. And so one of the things I thought was important was, I, I mean, we normally bring back a mechanic. Um, on a normal set, uh, you know, we try to bring back one mechanic every set. Or, sorry, every block, we try to bring back one mechanic. Sometimes we bring back more than one, sometimes less than one. Um, but we, we are conscious about trying to reuse mechanics when they make sense. Um, and so um, I decided that what I really wanted for Dominaria was not just to bring back a mechanic, but to bring back a mechanic from Dominaria. Now, including um, things set on Wrath, because Wrath got um, overlaid on Dominaria, so Wrath is now on Dominaria. Um, I think there are 33 sets originally set on Dominaria Wrath. And so I decided that it had to be something on, from one of those worlds. Um, and we made a list. So the first thing we did is we tossed out... Uh, a few of them had become evergreen, so we tossed those out. Um, a few of them were no longer supported. Um, you know, they, they did things we didn't do anymore. Uh, a few were things that just weren't good mechanics, that just there was no way of bringing them back. Um, you know, uh, Some of them had limited design space. It's like... It wasn't that we shouldn't have done them the first time, but wow, it's going to be hard to do them the second time. Um, and when we sort of started cutting through it, um, and then the other thing was um, sort of we wanted something that was that was remembered as being something cool from Dominari. So we didn't want something that was kind of not memorable. Um, so anyway, we had all this criteria. When the dust settled, we ended up having three choices, three things that really felt like Dominaria. Um, we had uh, cycling, we had kicker, and we had flashback. Those were, and, and each of those mechanics, all of them had come back in time spiral, and each one of them had come back at another time, meaning we knew they were good mechanics, we'd brought them back. So the, these were heavy hitter mechanics, and I wanted a heavy hitter mechanic. So I looked at all of them, and I decided it was clear we were using flashback because Dominaria had a theme of history, we're talking about the past, like, flashback literally means, you know, connecting to the past, remembrance of the past. So flashback was a slam dunk, obvious answer. Um, but then, but then, we realized that Amonkhet, um, Amonkhet had done Aftermath. And Aftermath were, were kind of split cards meet um, flashback. In fact, we called them split back in design. And we're like, oh, this is going to be in standard with us. Do we want to do flashback in, in, a, in a set where in the environment there's, a, there's another mechanic that's essentially flashback? 
And we talked about it and we argued for a while because it, re- wow, wow, just flashback fit our set. But we decided that, oh, okay, okay. Um, flashback, okay, we, you know, we, we don't want to repeat a mechanic that we had just done and, and beaten standard together. So we begrudgingly gave him a flashback. So that left cycling and kicker. Okay, well, cycling, there's a lot of cool things about cycling. But wait, ah, the same set, Amonkhet, that took flashback from us, took cycling from us. Amonkhet had cycling. I'm like, oh! So it was like, okay, okay, kicker, I guess we choose you. Um, not that anything against kicker. I like kicker. I do like kicker. Um, and like I said, the genie's out of the bottle as far as uh, kicker being the broad mechanic that it is. So um, we brought it back. Kicker's a little bit quirky in its thematic tie into the set. Like, it's tied to the to history and nostalgia. It's more of a meta thing. Like, people remember... Like, one of the things about the set is the set is nostalgic. And so Kicker is nostalgic, and Kicker does have remnants to Dominaria, because Invasion, you know, which is a big Dominarian set, was the first set to have it. Um, and in fact, um, Time Spiral Block, which was the second set to have it, also on Dominaria. So, two different... I mean, Zendikar wasn't, but... Two of the three times we had seen it was on was on Dominaria, um, but mechanically it didn't. Ha- you know, um, a lot of the other things in the set sort of interconnected, like historic and saga, kind of clicked together. And um, I mean, you can make a legendary creature that is kicker, and then there probably is one or two, but um, there, it doesn't click quite as much in. But we did the thing we did like about it was that it was. Um, it's a good workhorse mechanic. It, it, it did... One of the things that we did need was we wanted some way to spend your mana. Um, one of the things in general you want to make sure every set has is um, you want to make sure in late game that people have means and ways to spend their mana. It's not always on spells or extra costs. Sometimes it's in activations. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways to make it happen, but it's an important thing that you want to have happen. Um, so anyway, we took Kicker and we put Kicker in. Um... Kicker went, Kicker in went in during Vision. We figured out during Vision that we couldn't use Flashback, um, but like in the middle of Vision, maybe. So a Vision is um, Vision for Dominaria. This was back when Vision was six months because we hadn't yet moved. Um, we later moved to the three-in-one model, and then uh, it ended up turning into a four-month period. But anyway, at the time, I think it was six months. So I think we we had Flashback maybe like half the way in, three months in, and then we switched over to Kicker. Um, and uh, Kicker really was... was There was never every... Um, I don't think... I'm trying to think of evolutions in Kicker. There's not tons of evolutions in Kicker. Um, I mean, one of the things... Oh, one of the things in general... Let, let me talk a little bit about... I, I said I mentioned... Um, I early talked about how Kicker has this problem that it can get a little bit too broad... Um, so one of the rules when we brought Kicker back for the for the first time ever in Time Spiral, I, I made a rule that we've been trying to we've been trying to follow, which is um, I think it's important for mechanics to have identities, meaning the mechanics are about something, and that if you get too broad in your identities, it becomes hard for people to sort of focus, and it, it loses a little bit of what makes it special. Plus, Kicker already has the broadening problem of we don't want everything to feel like Kicker. So one of the things that we did was we laid down a rule that said um, that Kicker just makes the spell better. Now, that doesn't mean it can't add an ability, but if it does, that ability has to be organic to the spell. 
it doesn't want to be like it does a second thing. We want it to be that it um, it's reinforcing and the overall spell makes better. Like maybe I have a spell and if I kick it, it can't be countered. Well, that is an additional ability, but it makes the spell feel like now it's a stronger spell. So it's not that you can't add additional abilities, but the overall feel of it is we want you to feel like you're just making it better. Um, now there's a bunch of fuzzy space there. Um, one of the biggest is ETB effect, like adding an ETB effect. On some ways, it's adding a special thing, and but in some ways, we let those happen. So it, it, it's sort of a matter of how organic. The thing we try to avoid now is that I'm doing something that just feels like it's an added-on thing. Like I do this, and now I do a second ability. We try to avoid doing that in Kicker these days. Um, but anyway, um, so let me end by talking about the storm scale. So if you'd asked me a while back where I, I put Kicker on the storm scale, I might have said something like two, because I'm like, oh, maybe we'll figure out some way to break it up and not not have to use Kicker and use other names. But I found like, ah, Kicker, Kicker, Kicker's just a part of the game. We're way, we're way past uh, Kicker not having the impact it does. And I think we've got to be careful to make sure that Kicker has a, a, an identity to it. Um, but Storm Scale, it's a one. Oh, I guess actually technically once evergreen. So it's a two. Okay, I, I, I guess before I would say it's a three, now it's a two. So I had that wrong. Um, sorry. Uh, but it, it is definitely, um, it is, Kicker's the kind of mechanic that, um, when you talk about mechanics, they're, they're actually different. I mean, to give a little phrase, there's normal mechanics, evergreen, that we use all the time. There's deciduous that we can use whatever we need. Uh, and the next layer is where I would put Kicker, is mechanics that I call the powerhouse mechanics. They're so good, they're so efficient, they're so clean, they have lots of design space, they have knobs for, for doing development. They're just such good mechanics that like we will bring them back on just a faster scale than most mechanics. Like most mechanics, we don't want to bring back too fast. We want people to kind of, you know, long for the mechanic. Um, but this is a workhorse mechanic, and so it's something we will bring back on more frequency. So we will see Kicker again. Of course you'll see Kicker again. It's a workhorse mechanic. Not workhorse. Actually, sorry, I use workhorse mechanic with something else. But it is a powerhouse mechanic. It is a mechanic that really allows us to do cool things. It's got lots of design space. It's, it's just an awesome tool on our tool belt, and we, we will use it many times. Okay, guys, I'm now at, uh, I'm now parked. So we all know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.